determine if ally was a title that you were going to add to your bio or if it was going to be a way of life you walk in allyship you are acting as an ally welcome to beyond allyship a podcast that helps humans shift their understanding of what it means to be an effective ally and show up in allyship for marginalized communities Let's get it popping. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Allyship podcast. I am your host, Dr. J-Pop. And today we are kicking off a three episode series entitled Seven Habits of Effective Allyship. Last November, I actually released an ebook entitled The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Allyship. And it was based off my observations over the last three years of the members in the community building allyship. Now, if you're new to the podcast, new to Dr. J-Pop, new to the neighborhood, Building Allyship is a community that I started back in 2020 when what we call the Great Awakening happened and there were a lot of hearts that were turned towards the social justice movement. But what I saw on social media and on Beyonce's internet was a lot of people with a lot of questions, good intentioned (laughs) questions, but they were in the same space as black and brown folks who were mourning what they had been seeing on television with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and the protests that were going on. And I recognize that couldn't happen in the same space. If you want to hear about how Building Allyship came to be, I will link that first episode in the show notes for you. But over the last few years, I've been able to watch members truly learn how to make allyship a core value, but also not abandon themselves. Something that I tell people all the time, I don't want to create robots. I don't want people to listen to what I say and just spout it out verbatim. I want you to bring yourself to the social justice movement because there are gifts and skill sets and things that you have that we need. And I know that it's because usually people are convicted first when there is an emergent situation. Usually there's something like George Floyd that happens and people say, oh my goodness, we have to do better. I need to know more. I need to learn more. And if there are not habits and action steps that you put into place, it's easy to just fall off of that journey that you are excited about. You're excited about starting it. But as I've said in previous episodes, if it was not a core value before, Don't expect it to just up and become a core value. It takes work. So the last few years, I I just wanted people to go beyond the DEI that your business and your organization can do and actually look at transforming self. And I have seen uh, members in the community spearhead food programs that include growing the food at their kids' schools, transition to new jobs that were in better alignment with their new core values, open up businesses that were equitable, not only in how they hired, but also in how they paid. 
and chose to use some of the businesses that they've started to actually educate the community on DEI, belonging, anti-racism. And then I've seen people who just simply, like I had one person who was an introvert and is an introvert. And, and this story always hits me because I don't want anybody to change, as I've said, but there are some things that you might learn that will change you. And I had somebody who was in the membership and she said, I, I'm the organizer, I'll show up to the book clubs. I will join other movements, but protesting really isn't my thing. It's perfectly fine. Everybody doesn't have to protest, right? Well, three years later, we had a one-on-one allyship strategy session and she said, oh my goodness, I went to a protest. I think she said four or five days in a row while a trial was going on in her city. And just hearing her talk about how she couldn't believe she showed up, but also what she learned and the the beautiful people that she met. It solidified that my, what I call science experiment was, was true. It was true that if we put people in an incubator and then give them action steps and resources to go out into their communities, they really can transform how they show up for other people. So as I've been watching watching these humans just transform, I started to look at the patterns and the things that I noticed some of them did and action steps that they took that actually allowed them to progress on their allyship journey. I put, of course, there's probably more than seven. There's definitely more than seven, but I put the seven that I saw most in this ebook, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Allyship. No, everything that's in the ebook will not be in these episodes. So I will make sure that I link that also if you'd like to grab the ebook. But we're going to start off with the first three habits in this episode. The first one is letting go of your ego. Say it with me. I'm going to mess up on my allyship journey. Because you are. You're absolutely going to mess up. You're human. You mess up every day. You make mistakes every day. And I know that this feels weighty. It feels heavier because you are talking about humans. You're talking about other people's lives and other people's feelings. And the truth is, we all want to be seen as good people, but we lean towards perfectionist ways of being good people, which actually keeps us from being good to people. So one of those things that I've noticed people do is they actually not just check their ego, but they identify how their ego shows up for them. It's considering the times that somebody has maybe called you out on something, brought something to your attention, tried to confront you on something, and it's that first feeling that comes up. That's the one that you question. You don't lead with it. You question it. Those are the feelings that we test to see how our ego responds. So the ego doesn't show up the same for everybody. And in this work, you're going to say the wrong things. You're going to maybe use the wrong term or a term that someone else doesn't really subscribe to, and you will get corrected. And you get to decide how you're going to respond to that. A challenging time to check your ego, of course, is when you get confronted or called out. That's usually the first thing, because the first thing we usually do is we become defensive and we want to explain ourselves and we want to say that it wasn't intentional. But, you know, my my rule is it's always impact over intent. 
it's great when you have great intentions. However, if they don't land on the person that they were directed towards, you have to consider that because if you want to be a good to that person, then we got to consider what that looks like. So first, first, first and foremost, letting go of that ego and knowing that this really isn't about you, it's about us. And it's a great time to start with that when you feel like someone's attacking you. Yes, there are times when that's actually happening, but sometimes it's just our ego saying, "Mm, I don't like how that felt. And I'm just going to lash out at that person. And all I'm asking you to do is is take inventory of how your ego shows up and gets in the way of you being good for yourself and good for others. Second one we're going to talk about today is exploring your identities. Now, I usually talk about this in the context of implicit bias. I don't talk about bias unless I talk about identities because I feel like identities are actually the cheat code to exploring your own bias. When you think of everything that makes up your identity, the time you were born, the location, your family structure, how many incomes was in your household, the political landscape of where you live, the schools that you went to, the friends that you were surrounded by, the communities that you were in, all of that is what we can attribute to your lived experience. But if you are not disabled, if you are not neurodivergent. If you are not a certain religion or a certain gender or a certain race, that means that is an area where you're lacking information and lived experience because you haven't done it. So what I love to start with is not let's, let's talk about how you can help others. Let's talk about you. Let's figure out what identities you hold. What's it like to be you in wherever you are. We're in America, I'm in America. So what's it like to be black in America? What's it like to be a woman in America? What's it like to be neurodivergent in America? I get to ask all of those questions and then see how each of those identities interacts with different systems and different people as well. And this is where we bring up the term that Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw coined in 1989, intersectionality. And I'm not going to read you the whole definition, but simply put, it's just acknowledging that everyone has different identities and experiences discrimination and oppression in their own right. And we have to consider, all of us who are a part of this, what I call ecosystem, we have to consider how those identities interact with different systems gender, race, class, sexual orientation, physical ability, all of those identities that may cause some type of oppression, discrimination, or something you've experienced in the system. It's important for you to know that no matter what race you are, because it allows you to know the rooms that you feel safe and comfortable in, and then consider who might not be safe and comfortable in that room. In the book, I use the example, if I, as a Black woman, say, I want to start, I don't know, an outdoor park workout thing on Sunday mornings, right? Let's say I say that, but I myself don't have a disability. I, I don't have a physical disability. If I don't consider that, if I don't consider the areas that I don't have lived experience, then I might unknowingly 
oust someone from actually participating. Because what if it is in a place where a wheelchair can't get to or the person can't walk to it, you know? What if it is difficult for someone to get down on the ground and we choose to use mats? These are things that you have to think of. And it doesn't feel good to acknowledge the biases that you hold. However, it is what's helpful. <laughs> it's what's helpful for, for you to actually bring in that third habit, which is leading with your curiosity. Now, I'm just going to be real, y'all. I'm sorry. I have... I have a leg up on curiosity and it's simply because I have ADD. So I'm pretty much curious about everything. My issue is actually taming the curiosity, but leading with curiosity is going to be one of your best friends on this allyship journey because not only will you learn so much, it's not just about books. It's about hearing other lived experiences, experiencing other communities. And, and honestly, Curiosity is probably my one tool that I use when there's conflict, too. And I'll get to that. But when I was researching, you know, curiosity and looking things up, I came across an article by Dr. Todd B. Cashton. And he is a world-renowned psychologist. I would say there's some sociology in there as well and a professor of psychology. And he talks about four different curiosity personality types. There's the fascinated, which means you just are high on learning, high on being curious, high on gaining the information. It's something that sparks joy for you. Then there's the problem solvers. And those are the ones that there's a gap in information. They're going to fill it. They're going to find it. And they feel satisfaction when they actually solve that complex problem. And there's the empathizer. The empathizer is typically more on the social front. So they want to understand other people so they can understand those lived experiences. And then there's the avoiders, the ones that I'm not really interested in learning, don't really care about if I have a gap in knowledge. I'm just avoiding curiosity <laughs> at all costs. And hey, that that could be anybody. And and I'm going to put this out there because I'm, I'm laughing, but none of these are better than the other. I want to say that because everybody's lived experience has led them to these personality types. Personalities, just like identities, they, they are honestly you, some you come with and some are shaped. But when you look at when you listen to what I just said, when you hear the fascinated, the problem solver, the empathizer, the, you know, the avoider, Think about which one you might be. And the beautiful thing is we all can evolve and change, right? So if you are an empathizer who cares less about structure and all that stuff, but more about people, great. Maybe you can learn some things that the other problem solvers can teach you or the fascinated ones. And if you're an avoider, start small. Don't start big. You know, one of my big things in 2020 was people buying all those books on anti-racism and discrimination. And I used to always say, well, if you don't read 20 books by your favorite author in a month, you're not going to read all of these because we got to learn how to apply the information. So I said those four specifically because I want you to consider what type you are and what strengths that lends for you and what type you might want to be. Maybe there's a, a, a personality type in there that you're interested in. But in the book, I also go into the dimensions of curiosity, also by Dr. Todd Cashton. So you can grab that and you can check out all of the different dimensions and personality types. But 
one thing I always say is you can ask questions, especially on social media. If you're just curious, you're always welcome to ask questions, but you can never assume that you're going to be educated, especially when it comes to the lived experience of a person of color, when it comes to systemic inequities and oppression. The reason is I, I, this is the lived experience. I myself, Dr. Hutton, decided I wanted to jump into the realm of educating and teaching and sharing and starting these conversations and facilitating. But every Black person doesn't have to because they can just be themselves and and, and try to enjoy them the, as much of life as they can. But the expectation that simply because someone has a marginalized identity that, that sh- they should educate you is something that needs to be squashed, okay? Respect when someone says, yeah, my lived experience isn't a lesson today, okay? And it's it learning how not to take it personal, of course. Leading with that curiosity helps that. But as I said in the beginning, talking about curiosity, when you're called out or called in on something, it feels horrible. It's, it, it really does because you feel as if that person sees you in a negative light. However, <laughs> that ego could keep you from learning a lesson. So this is one that I use when I've been called out. And this is one that I used when I'm not okay with something that someone has said or the way that I've been treated. I ask questions. Best thing you can do, ask questions. Because it, it pauses the moment. And if it's not something that was volatile in the first part, it gives everybody space to breathe. And then you get to learn more about why the person said what they said. And if the person doesn't have an answer for you... <laughs> then maybe you planted a seed for them to go figure out their own ish, right? So the three three that we're dealing with this week, letting go of your ego, exploring all of your identities, and leading with curiosity. Those are the three habits that I want you to consider this week. Next week, we are going to be talking about the next two. But if you learned something from this one, send me a message on Instagram at dr.jpop. If you have some things you would love for me to talk about in the upcoming episodes after the series, of course, shoot me an email at info at drjpop.com. Make sure that you follow the Beyond Allyship podcast so you do not miss an episode. And you know what? I would just absolutely love it if you left a review and a comment, okay? If you didn't listen to the last episode, go ahead and listen to it because there was something in there that I'm I'm only going to talk about it on this episode, not the next two, but go ahead, check that episode out because there was a freebie that I was going to be giving out and yeah, you might want it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Dr. J-Pop is out.